Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the CS School podcast. My name's Grace Gupta, and I'm a copywriter here at Customer Success Collective. The objective of this podcast is simple. We speak to CS professionals from all over the world, learning about the hottest cut topics in customer success by stripping them back to basics and discovering how best to apply these strategies. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Patty Zack, Chief Customer Officer at Fiscal Note. In case you didn't know, Fiscal Note is a leading technology provider of global policy and market intelligence. Hi, Patty. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's lovely to have you on the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about the all important customer health score and really looking through customer success through the lens of customer health. So before we dig in, can you walk us through your customer success experience to date and talk about, you know, what do you do at Fiscal Note? What's your day to day kind of look like? Yeah, uh, I appreciate this question because like many leaders in my seat, uh, I accidentally prepared my career for customer success leadership. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I started my career in sales, which is, which is pretty common, carrying a quota, uh, understanding what it's like to be a revenue engine of the company. Uh, I pivoted from there into customer support. Uh, from there, I was working in, um, I'll call it new accounts compliance. I took some um, experience in becoming an expat in Europe. Uh, but all that to say is I've always been customer facing, uh, but there wasn't really a term for what it was I was preparing my career for. Uh, about five-ish years ago, I took on a role at Thomson Reuters, which is now called Refinitiv, uh, as the director of customer success to help develop a customer success organization in one of the largest financial and services uh, financial services institutions. And so when I took a look at what my experience was like and what we were trying to do in the transformation journey of Thomson Reuters, all of those little pieces actually helped build what we were trying to build at Thomson Reuters, which was a really strong post-sales engine. Uh, so my career kind of zigzagged through, uh, but it really kind of led to this um, all-encompassing function of customer success that helped uh, a catapult, you know, my experience and and uh, knowledge into where I am today as the chief customer customer officer of Fiscal Note. Um, I think your second question was, "What does my day to day look like?" Is that right? I'm just I'm just very curious, you know, as chief. Yeah, customer yeah. Officer, <laughs> just being nosy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Thank you. So, so maybe I'll start with what Fiscal Note is. Mm. Um, so, Fiscal Note is a founder led company, and we're on the mission to empower organizations with mission critical insights and tools uh, so that they can turn them into action. All that to say is we provide global policy and market intelligence information to our customers globally. And so um, when you think about what that is, I work for a founder, we provide data, which is the new gold of today. Um, How I spend my time as chief customer officer is really broken down into three areas of value creation. And so the first is, I spend a lot of time focusing on what are the initiatives that are going to create value for our customer. Uh, So that's the first. And and an example of that is uh, actually today, uh, I have a lot of meetings where we're focusing on the launch of new product certifications for our Fiscal Note Academy and also office hours. So this is what are the things that we're going to launch 
that add value to our customers that ensure that they are given reasons to stay with us. Right. So that's the first. The second is what are the initiatives that um, are going to help create value for our employees? Uh, something that is very pertinent to today's conversation is uh, I'm continuously figuring out how to create new turn scores for products. Um, and the reason why that's important in my role is we are a very acquisitive company. We, I think I, I think we've acquired around 11 companies in 18 months. So oh, wow. there's a, there's a lot of acquisition uh, work happening at fiscal note and by and large, in order to create value for our employees so that they can work more efficiently, we have to create churn scores. So our customer health scores. So that's that second kind of value creation piece. Uh, and the third is, what initiatives am I going to work on and lead to create company value? So that's all about efficiency. How do we really impact the bottom line? How can we become a really enduring, profitable company? Uh, and an example of that is because we acquired so many companies, there's a lot of back-end migrations and integrations that need to happen so that we can, uh, I'll use the dirty word, the S word, the, the synergies uh, <laughs> in the way that we operate um, so that we can uh, re realize the value of some cost savings as a, as a um, result of those acquisitions. So that's where I, I pretty much spend my time. It's those three areas. How do I create customer value? How do I create employee value? And then how do I create company value? That was a perfect answer for me because it really like get having it in those three points. Uh, they are very well articulated. Thank you. It sounds it sounds yeah, it sounds it sounds full on, but I bet you I bet yeah, I bet you love it though. Yeah, yeah. It it's it helps when you're communicating to other stakeholders. So it's it's really interesting when you talk to someone in engineering, marketing, mm. you know, or product. Uh, if you don't have the same common language. Um, at least you can align with those three things. We all need to try to do things that create value for those three uh, buckets. And so it's a really easy way to articulate that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. for my first, my first proper question of this episode, I said, sure. we're going to look at customer health um, and it's going to be a real deep dive into that, into the health score um, and the evolution of, you know, the company's CS function and and where do you have to get, where, you know, where do you have to be before you get to the point of implementing a health score? So to kick things off, you know, I think just for some, you know, the CS school podcast, we like to sort of break down topics and make them very, very palatable. And so, you know, so everyone starts from the same position. So how would you, what is a health score to you? You know, what can kind of components make it up? Why is it a really important metric for businesses to have? Because, you know, I imagine determining which metrics to include in a health score will have a huge impact on, you know, on the actual, on your overall score. So, sorry, that was quite a lot of questions mm -hmm. in one then. So start off, yeah, what would you, how would you define a health score and what components do you, you know, nutritionally make, make it up? Yeah, so, so I think about, so, so now you know the lens of how I look at things about value mm. creation. And so I'll, I'll start by answering your question with why should a health score even be valuable to yeah. the business, right? And so uh, when you think about that, um, we all know that uh, if we need to compensate for the value of one lost customer, mm -hmm. we need to acquire at least three more new customers. Sure. Right. So finance people, salespeople, marketing people, they all get that. If you lose one customer, you have to sell three more to kind of make up that value. 
And we do know in a, in a recent McKinsey article, we know that 80% of the value creation achieved by the world's most successful growth companies comes from their core business. So in principle, they are unlocking new revenue from their existing customer base. Mm-hmm. So if we really do believe in those principles, that it's more expensive to acquire a new customer, and we know that the most successful growth companies are expanding their customer base, then the question is, why wouldn't you want something that allows you to do those two things um, in order to achieve success, business success? And so when you ask me about a health score, I view the health score as radar. We would never, for an airplane, we would never build an airplane without radar. And so why would you ever have a business without radar into your most important asset that allows you to have sustainable growth? And so that that really is what that health score is. It's not, um, so there is a popular, many popular opinions there as an early warning system. And that's probably the, I'll call it part of the evolution of health scoring. But uh, it's not just, oh, who's going to churn? It's where are my best opportunities to expand and where are my highest risks so that I can direct my resources to the proper places. And so when I think about think about that, you have to have that health score for the radar and where to d- direct resources. And then below that is, so So your question was, what components make it up? Well, the, the way that you look at that is, well, what components uh, of your customer experience do you want your teams to be focused on? And so if customer experience is a lever for growth, then we have to design that health score around those key components that we believe our team members should be focusing on throughout the customer's journey. And so you'll notice that um, that part of that is a little bit of an art and science. Uh, and I can go into why it's important and how to do it. But that's that's the that's the principal foundation is that um, businesses should care and businesses should pri- prioritize it because it's the radar for their biggest growth lever. I love that analogy, the, the plane and radar. I think that's you really sort of I think you really hit the nail on the head there. It's something that. Yeah, I think. It's not, it's like you said, it shouldn't be a reactionary type of metric that, oh, this is going to, like the sort of metric of misery, this is going to, you know, these customers are going to churn. Like actually like use that proactively and identify key points where, you, like you said, where you could be expanding. I love that. Thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. On our, um, we had a little introduction call before this and you mentioned, and this was quite opening for me, that not everybody needs a health score right at right at the present time. So mm-hmm. you mentioned that it's maybe maybe not the most important uh, metric to be bringing in, for example, in a really like early door startup. Um, mm-hmm. What could you, exp- could you explain them more about that, please? Cause I was really interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I think about the scoring, it's, it's your typical red, yellow, green, red, mm-hmm. amber, green, you know, how, how do we know what customers are doing well and what customers aren't? Um, so I'll give you an example. One of the companies that we had acquired, uh, had 12 customers. Right. So, so when you have, when you're a small startup like that and you have 12 customers, you're really not in a position to create an entire ecosystem around Mm -hmm. customer health because you want to talk to every single one of your customers. You have the bandwidth to talk 
to all 12 customers. Your, your startup should at least have the ability to do mm. that. Um, but that doesn't mean you're not gauging health. You just don't have a health score. And in that, in that scenario of 12 customers at a startup, uh, you still have radar, mm-hmm. right? You're looking at those things. Are they, are they logging in? Are they taking advantage of the key features and functionality that we have developed in our product? Are they getting value? Can we measure the outcomes um, that our pro- that our customers are expecting at the end of the use of this product? They're, we're still doing those things. Sure. Um, but the development of the health scores is really not necessary yet because you're in startup phase. Uh, when you think about, um, so, so part of it was the evolution, right? So what's the difference between a customer like that or, or a company like that, I've got 12 mm. customers to something that's well-established. Yeah. And um, there will be a point if you want to be a profitable, enduring company where you're going to sell a lot, but you just don't have the ability to talk to every single customer, customer anymore. Mm. And that is, that's the tipping point that co- companies need to look at and say, all right, as I scale, how do I want to design my post-sales operation so that my team members can spend the most time on the most important customers, whether it be they're at risk or that they are primed for upsell, cross-sell or expansion. And so it's that, it's that tipping point of if my resource, if my resources to uh, retain my business is outweighing the mm. business that I'm getting from them, yeah. right? So now we're just looking at the math. Then I have to design something that allows them to work a little bit more efficient, efficiently. And that's where your radar becomes more than just eyeballs out there. You've got something that's looking at your entire ecosystem. That's very interesting. Thank you. That's a perfectly explained. Thank you. So yeah. you mentioned you mentioned before that you'd worked, um, you'd you know worked with a company that only had twelve. Was it twelve customers? The startup. Yeah, when we acquired them, they had 12 customers. And it, it's funny when when uh, when startups come to to fiscal note, and they start learning about our operations. Uh, I try to ensure that we don't put the cart before the horse. Mm. Right, that yeah. that we don't we don't put things in front of these startups that they're, they're not ready for yet. Or, or they're not in the position to operationalize, because I also don't want to take them away from customer facing time you've only got 12 customers right so yeah but then again you could like you mentioned you could be in a very very well established company um with probably a huge customer success team but you could but then you could maybe not have a health score in place there so that's the kind of point where you really i guess need to start implementing that really important metric right that's right that's right so um when we so i'll go one company ago when I was working for Thomson Reuters, which is now Refinitiv, and then uh, acquired by London Stock Exchange, we had over 250 different products. And wow, okay. uh, not not all of, and a 700 person global customer success team. And not all of our, yeah, and, and not all of our products had health scores, right? For a variety of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, and so so some of the reasons are they just didn't have the information that we needed in order to develop one. Uh, it wasn't a prioritized metric at the time. 
there's there's a whole wide variety of reasons. Um, but when you think about well-established companies like that, um, they have to start somewhere. And so um, my experience at Refinitiv taught me that in, a, in, in order to look at our sea of products, so over 250 of them, which ones do we want to put the radar on first? Which ones would really benefit from uh, a customer success team having the, the transparency and visibility into what our customers are doing? And so we started there. But yeah, it was, it was, it was an initiative that had to be prioritized, prioritized from the top down. Okay. Thanks for that brilliant answer. Thank you very much. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of got me thinking, um, how do you, so we've been talking about what health, what health scores really do for your internal operations, but how do you ensure that, you know, when you do have a health score in place, how do you make sure it's relevant to your customer specific needs and goals? Like, do you use, how can, you know, just, I'm a layman here. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not a customer success manager or leader. So I just, you know, how do you, you use these health scores and this data, you you know, information you've collected to guide your, you know, your interactions with your customers? You know, do you, do you communicate these? How do you, how does, how does, yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is how do you use that information for the betterment of your customers? You know, how in your interactions? With them? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a great question. Um, in the age that we're living in today, uh, our customers are receiving a lot of information in their personal life with their interactions with the technology in their mm-hmm. own personal life, right? Oh, you get a pop-up because you've got grocery delivery while you're on a Zoom call. Sure. Uh, and, then, and then you've got your business life. And so the most important commodity that we, that we want to try to capture as a business is is your customer's time. And so in order to do that, we want to deliver the right messages to the right customers at the right time. Mm -hmm. And so that health score gives us a signal of when is it the right time to do that? So I'll give you an example. Um, So for one of our products, uh, Voter Voice, uh, Voter Voice is an advocacy tool that we actually recently won an award for, for best digital advocacy tool. And, our customers have, and our ideal customer profile for Voter Voice is an association here in the U.S. that's trying to, um, I'll say, advocate for certain legislation to be passed or not passed uh, in in their government. And so timing is of the essence for them. Our score allows us to see where they are in that so that we can proactively assist them with how to use our tool, when to contact their um, members, how, how to make sure that it aligns with the timing of legislation as it passed through government. We provide all of that. And um, that score allows our customer success team to get ahead of any pitfalls that that customer may run into if they want to get a campaign out in time. So delivering the right messages to the right customers at the right time is crucial. And our health score allows us to do that for that particular product. Uh, And if you think about that being the value to the customer, well, what's the value to the employee, right? Mm -hmm. So the value to the employee is, look, we we are in very challenging macroeconomic times right now. And we need our customer success teams to feel like they have the resources and bandwidth to serve their customers in an appropriate manner. 
while still becoming or maintaining profitability. And so if you don't have unlimited resources, how do how do you as a leader empower your team with the ability to work smarter? Mm-hmm. And that's what the health scoring does. So we've got a customer success team who says, all right, these customers are in red, not because they're necessarily at risk for renewal, right? I, I just want to remove that yeah. from, from the assumption of a red churn score or red product score. But what it is, is your customer's in trouble, mm-hmm. right? Your customer's in trouble and they need you to intervene before it's too late. And in a, in a tool like Voter Voice, When our customers are in trouble, they cannot advocate on behalf of their members. And it is really dire to their business. So our customer success team can get ahead of it and really do some very valuable work before it becomes too late. Yes, revenue retention is a result of getting ahead of those red churn scores. But what we're really doing as a customer success team is making sure that our customers are successful using the tool. Yeah. Right. So so, so that to me is is something that really brings value to our employees on the ground level. Um, and now I, I focused on the red part. So let's focus on the green part for a second. Uh, I let you know that Fiscal Note as a company acquires a lot of different companies, all of which are either adjacent or complementary to our core product set. Mm-hmm. And um, what we've seen in some of our healthiest or green score Uh, churn score customers is that they don't take advantage of some of the other value add products that we've recently acquired. So I'll I'll give you an example. I'll use Voter Voice again as as the main product here. Voter Voice is an advocacy tool that allows associations to contact local local or state legislation or federal legislators to advocate on behalf of certain policies. Now, that's the tool, communication tool, but how do you follow certain legislation that may impact you? So I'll give you an example. If you are a association for medical doctors mm-hmm. and there happens to be a piece of legislation that has been introduced at the U.S. federal level that may impact your doctors, your members, how would you ever know? that that was being introduced to the, on the federal level. And that's just one piece. Bills are introduced all the time. Sure. So if you're an, you're an advocate here, you're using voter voice to contact um, your members or your uh, local government, Mm -hmm. you need something that helps you become aware if something is coming down that may impact your members. Well, we actually have that tool. But if you're a voter voice customer and you don't know that you're leaving voter voice or you're you're relying on other people to do that type of radar check for you, for for you. And so those green customers who are loving our product, Mm -hmm. the natural next step for them is let's talk. We know their workflow. We know how they go about their job. The green customer is the perfect opportunity for us to educate them on another offering that's very complimentary to their business. And so that's kind of the, the way that I look at it in that it helps our customers stay away from pitfalls, but also helps our customers um, so that we can give them the right messages at the right time about other products that may bring their business value. 
So I hope that helped and that's clear. No, that did. No, that was really, really clear. Thank you. Yeah. So it's a kind of, without trying to sort of use the dirty word of like cross-selling or upselling, it's yeah. kind of, you know, you're, you're doing it to enhance their, their value with their current product, aren't you? You're not just going to, you're doing it tactic, tactic, tactically. Yeah. And, and um, I'll give you another example too, because I, I think it's really relevant. One of the things that you hear often in customer success is the consumption gap. Mm. So what that is, is every product has um, a product team or research and development team or engineering team that is consistently trying to improve features, functionality, or value of their product by adding more things that it can do. But your customer's ability or your end user's ability to really use all the things that are available in that product tends to stay pretty stagnant. So that line between what customers are actually utilizing and what the product can actually do creates a consumption gap. And our customer success managers help use that that health score to see what are these things that a customer is not taking advantage of that would really help their workflow or help them become successful. So with Voter Voice, as an example, um, our, our customers can, you, uh, can send text mes- messages from that product. Okay. Many of our customers didn't know that. And so we were learning that customers were going to use other products or buying mm-hmm. other products to help send text messages out. Yeah. And they had no idea that they had already had a system that could do that for them. And so it was really important for us to look at some of those red, yellow churn scores and say, why on earth are they not taking advantage of this tool? And we add value to the customer because now they can get rid of a, of, of a line item spend on, mm-hmm. on their budgets uh, because they were already paying for a tool that had it. So, so awareness is super key for both the customer and for our customer success managers. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Um, I quickly yeah. want to ask you, looking looking into the future, how do you see customer health scores evolving? You know, and how do you really plan to stay ahead of the curve in this area? You know, is there, you know, is there something, I don't know, like, do you see them, do you see the way that you're tackling them currently evolving particularly? Yeah, so it's a great question. I love thinking about the future because it's something that really keeps me up at night. Uh, But I can only really speak about my experience in the B2B information and financial services space. So I'll I'll just focus my experience on that. So, so the future of health scoring, I would say is that we are in a position uh, to create customer experiences that mimic B2C principles. Mm. And what I mean by that is, um, uh, in our B2C world, so I, business to consumer world, we're used to everything being simple. If I'm sitting in this chair right now talking to you, you may not know this, but I've already ordered lunch. At uh, My sprinkler system is on, right? All these things in my personal life are very easy. Uh, in the B2B world, things are not easy. Mm-hmm. Implementation is not easy. adoption and change management of learning a new system is not easy. So in the future, I see health scoring being able to uh, get us closer to creating experiences that mimic our 
um, lives in our B, in the B2C world where implementation is as easy as, as it is implementing something like Instacart, right? Where there really is none. So, so I, that's where I see the future. That was perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, um, in a few weeks, you're going to be presenting um, at our Customer Success Festival in Las Vegas, aren't you? Could you like to? I am. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Would you like to give our listeners a little taste about what the what your presentation is going to be on? Yeah, yeah. So uh, as you know, um, health scoring to me is as important as radar is to an airplane. <laughs> and so I am going to go very, very deep into what it takes to develop a health score. When do you know it's right? Um, how did I go about doing that uh, in my current role as fiscal notes chief customer officer? Um, really just, I want every audience member to walk away from there with tangible, actionable things that they can do tomorrow, right? I don't want to live in the hypothetical. I really want every listener and every attendee to say, all right, I walked away with two to three things that I can go back with and do tomorrow. Um, and so, so that's just exactly what I want my uh, audience to walk away with. And, and I do believe that they will be able to. Oh, it sounds awesome. And finally, yeah. um, why do you think connecting events like these, connecting with fellow customer success leaders, customer success managers in, in person, why is that like such a powerful tool for you? For me. For yeah, you, for everyone, why do you know? It, there's something about it. I'd just quite like to hear it from you. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's a great question. Um, so one of the things that, that I really try to coach my management team on is being plugged in to thought leadership and consistent learning on what's happening in the discipline that you are supposed to be an expert in. So um, when we think about the evolution of technology, I'll, I'll throw chat GPT mm -hmm. in there. A lot of people spend um, uh, time understanding what advances are happening in the world of technology. Mm -hmm. what, ha what advances are happening um, that will help empower my life or empower my job today. But rarely do we ever spend enough time uh, learning about the advances in our discipline or our functional area. And so when you connect with other leaders, especially in person, you get to understand the different advances that are happening in your functional area that you can take back immediately. And so um, without that, you're left with really, I'll say, the prehistoric learn as you go when there could have been someone who has already been in that, that scenario that you're in. And then you end, up, you end up spending a majority of your time figuring out how to amend a principle in your company versus creating the principle. Yeah. And so I, I do believe that this type of interaction with your peers or folks who have done it before you empowers any leader to go back to their organization and say, all right, I've got this principle. I've got the understanding of how things can happen in other companies. Let me amend that and focus my time on implementation and improvement here at home uh, versus let me figure out how to do everything all at once. Right. But there's, there's impossible. people around us. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time you figure it out, there's probably a new way to do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so um, it's really, I spend a lot of my time 
keeping ahead of what are my peers doing? What's changing in the function of customer success and its discipline? And how can I learn from that so that my team and my customers are exposed to the latest and greatest of our discipline? uh, And they're not stuck with a leader who's still trying to figure it out. Right. So that's why it's important for me. Thank you so much for that. It seems to me it's like a case, classic case of working smarter rather than harder. Like you've got these resources, you've got these people with these experiences. Why not? Why not listen to them? Why not like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for joining me today, Patty. That's all we've got time for, I'm afraid. Um, I think, you know, time is not on our side, but um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, Absolutely loved, personally me, loved learning more about customer health scores. And I think, yeah, I think it was an absolutely fantastic discussion and I hope our listeners have really come away with quite a lot. So um, yeah, if anybody, you know, if anybody potentially wants to continue the conversation or, you know, reach out to you, is where's the best place for that to happen? Is LinkedIn good for you? LinkedIn is great, or they can come speak to me after my session in Vegas. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Patty. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Grace. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out our other episodes and go to the customersuccesscollective.com for even more customer success related content. You can also join our global community on Slack and you can find the link to that on the CSC website. But until then, see you next time.